Hello everyone and welcome to the Link Podcast with me, Elle. Remember, if you're studying English, you can study this podcast episode along with any of the past episodes as an English lesson on Link. I'll always pop the lesson link in the description of the video. Link is an excellent way to learn from all kinds of content. My favorite thing to do right now is study French with Netflix shows. Super easy to do. All you need is the Link importer. Go to Netflix, find your show, make sure it has subtitles in your target language. Click and voila, you have your lesson. I like to then go through the transcript before I watch the show, then watch the show with the subtitles on in French. You can do it with movies and not just Netflix, all kinds of other streaming services as well as YouTube, of course. So give it a try. If you use Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple or Google to listen to your podcasts, remember that we are there. The links are also in the description. And don't forget to give this episode a like, a follow, give us a review, show us some love. We'd really appreciate it. This week, I have a treat for you listeners. I am joined by Canadian novelist Nazanin Hoza. Naz, how's it going? Hi, Ellie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. So your debut novel, Aria, I just want to tell you first off, I loved, 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 loved. Um, I read it when it first came out and I could not put it down. It was one of those books where I was looking forward to going to bed because I read before I go to sleep. Mm. Um, and yeah, I would just be like, yeah, so excited <laughs> to read Aria. And I remember that the uh, I had quite a few pages left until I finished it one night and I had I just had to finish it. So you made me probably late for work oh. one day. So thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. It's okay. We're all late for work sometimes. <laughs> um, so Arya is a coming of age story. The protagonist Arya mm-hmm. um, follows her life in in Iran, mm-hmm. primarily yes. in Tehran, yes. Yes. and um, she is kind of mothered by three flawed women. Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, flawed, of but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic. I just want to read, actually, part of the review, one of the reviews you got from Margaret Atwood, oh, no mm-hmm. less. Another amazing, amazing Canadian novelist. So she said about Arya, a sweeping saga about the Iranian revolution as, as it explodes, told from the ground level and the center of chaos, a Dr. Shivago of Iran. Yeah. I must have felt pretty nice. <laughs> pretty, it's, it still hasn't hit me. I still haven't absorbed yeah. absorbed that. <laughs> I don't think I ever will. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So congratulations, first off, Thank I want to say. And um, yeah, so my first question to you is, I always want to know if, especially when a, uh, a novelist, about a novelist's first novel, is the story of Arya something that, was kind of in you waiting to burst out or did you decide to write a novel and then think okay well what story do I want to tell and it kind of came from there oh that's such a you know nobody's ever asked me that question before oh really people <laughs> have asked like is it based on you or um or you know what inspired it but no one's ever sort of mm-hmm. broken it up into that those two kind of categories because mm-hmm. what basically happened was there were parts of it that were inside me from a very young age mm-hmm. and then when I then came to realize that I had to write a novel about it, I started writing those those feelings out 
that I had had since maybe I was five years old. But then I realized that a novel can't just be somebody's sort of feelings and emotions worked out through the page. There has to be structure, there has to be sort of you know, plotting, there has to be motivation, there has to be some kind of form and shape that, that, that is a much more of a practical thing and a tangible thing instead of just, you know, whatever feelings you sort of had about life since a certain age, since a very young age. So mm-hmm. then I had to sit and go, okay, well, I have these sort of, this sort of concept, this character, these various people, and, you know, I know that it has to end up here in some way, end up where the ending is and sort of mm-hmm. follow their lives. But now I have to really come up with ideas of how to, in, in a way, novelize it and, and turn it into right. a, a structural thing, a form. And so right. then I had to really, I guess, put on the real creative hat of, of, of thinking, okay, I, I know these themes are the things I want to explore. Now how do I create stories around it to do that? So it's a combination of both, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, that's very interesting. I, I actually, it's the first time I even thought about it in that way that you just asked. So, ah, okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So good, quest- good, good question. question. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so... You mentioned the other process of, of writing and like the form. That always fascinates me too. Mm. One, that someone can write something, a novel, period. But your novel, Arya, is, is an epic, yeah. uh, complex tale that like spans, you know, what is it, the early 1950s mm-hmm. to the 80s? Mm-hmm. Early 80s, right? yeah. Yeah, so like how do you even how do you even go about like you did you do tons of research were there like a million different drafts that you had to write and different input from different people like what was the process I yeah I did I did a ton of research um especially for about a year year and a half two period timeline there in the in the middle of writing Mm -hmm. um and I basically the Vancouver Public Library. I would go there every day before work when when you and I used to work together, and mm-hmm. I would hide <laughs> myself in the sort of in the in the in the bowels of like you know old newspaper clippings and like Time Magazine and New Yorker New New York Times and various like per, Le Monde you know per, Parisian mm-hmm. you know, French newspapers of what was going on <clears throat> politically at the time. And then kind of what you have to do with, with research, because you, you don't want the novel to kind of turn into a textbook, you know, like a historical mm-hmm. text. You want it to become a real right. living thing. And so then what you have to do is you have to forget all that research. So you have to oh, I see. Okay. take it in, Ugh. at least for me. I don't know how other people right. write these types of things. And then I had to sort of like push it out of my mind, kind of hope that through some kind of osmosis I had absorbed all of that stuff and then when I had to particularly write the scenes that take take place later on in the novel then I had to kind of go I never did that I don't know that's just you know and I just have to sort of come through and then um yeah and and I'm really interested in in form and structure as well like and and how sort of you know, I, I kind of wanted, there's like, basically, there is a main character and then these three mother figures, but there's, as you know, several other characters. And so how do you, mm-hmm. 
you're sort of telling this world is sort of unfolding according to the points of view of all these different people with her at the center you know this person is like the mm-hmm. nucleus of aria is the nucleus of this all of that all, all of that yeah. is taking place and so the research was there and then you have to forget the research then um when you ask about like how do you write something like epic like that i don't know if i'll ever write a, a novel that's that big Right. I, I might. I mean, the novel I'm writing right now, I think, will be much smaller, but, you know, at least 100 pages or so less. Um, <clears throat> but the only way that I can explain that, because you say, you know, you don't know how people write novels. If you break it down and simplify it, it, it is possible. And all you really have to do, and this may sound strange, but you just write one word after another word. Mm-hmm another word without like having huge expectations or thinking looking at it it as this kind of goliath of a a task of a right of a obstacle is the way yeah yeah exactly and so you write one word and you write another word and you write another word and you Mm -hmm. count those words i mean that's what i do i sit and i say to myself i'm gonna write you know if if it's a really good day i'm like i'm gonna try for a thousand words and then you, you'll sort of see in my... Because I usually handwrite before I transfer to, to the computer. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's... Not always, but, I, you know, when I was writing Aria, sometimes I had to do it on my phone on the bus to work <laughs> or to, no. to class. You know? <laughs> so I'm like te- no. texting okay. it on my phone, emailing it to myself. But um, <laughs> right now I have a bit more freedom. So um, I'll, you'll see that in my notebook I've handwritten and then you'll see like on top of the words you'll see numbers <laughs> so I then I just count it I'm like did I reach a thousand oh, I did I make a thousand and and so and I don't know if I'm going to keep those th- thousand words probably thousand. I'll, out of mm-hmm. every thousand words I write I probably will only keep like 200 or if I'm lucky 300 oh, wow. but that's okay. you just have to you know approach it in that way and then mm-hmm. Eventually, something arises, you know. Yeah. Did you ever doubt yourself um, through the process? Like, ah, just scrap this and start a different novel? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, I never <laughs> I never doubted the idea that it should be a different novel. I doubted whether oh. I could ever get oh, it right. done. You could do it. Yeah, and not right. get it done. I, I knew that I could, like, finish the story, but then what I doubted mm. was that it would be any good. First of all, it would be terrible. No one would want to right. read it. I think I wrote before I even showed it to anyone to read to give me feedback, like close friends that I had chosen. I had chosen mm-hmm. a couple of close friends that I thought were really good readers who are also writers and creative people. Yeah. Before I even submitted it to them, like the full draft, I think I had written it. I had written seven or eight drafts by that point. And wow. then, and then, yeah, and then when I finally were sold it, and I worked with my editor, I don't know how many more drafts we did, maybe two or three more. Yeah, so I did at least 10 drafts. And that's on the low side, like there are people who do like 20 drafts of a novel, like I think I'm on the low, I think that Aria was on the um, the lower end of draft re- rewrites. Yeah. 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 At 10. Wow. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have to. But like, you know, when you say, when you use that number, it's like, okay, out of that 10, four were huge rewrites. Like, I, I mean, the, f- oh, okay. I, like the first, first 
what the very first draft was like over 800 pages and then i looked at it i read it and i cut 500 pages out of that like i just slashed 500 pages out of that then i added i added another 300 and i cut 200 and then i so do you know what i mean those first four drafts were the big 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 things and then after that the drafts become then you're like starting to tweak and you rearranging things so you know it varies those those that draft writing it's not like you're rewriting the whole thing on the sixth draft or right fair enough you know did it feel did you know then when the final did you know the final draft was the final draft as soon as it was done was it like ah you know closed manuscript smoke a cigar or whatever you do I don't know (laughs) (laughs) the only reason I knew I didn't really know I still don't think I still think when I look back at it, I still think I could have done better and I could have fixed things. Oh. And, but it was my editor by this point. So I had already gone through the process of like selling it and having an agent. and Right. And then the editor said, this is done. This is done. And she's very... You're done. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> yeah. And she's a very respected, <laughs> in, intelligent, smart person. So you... Oh, that's okay. someone that, who, who has had several successful books. So you go, um, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. I'm just going to trust her. And, right. um, and, and Margaret Atwood actually, at one point where I kind of thought it was maybe done, Margaret Atwood kind of said, mm, no, it's not done. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, I thought, okay, well, if she says so, it's not done. I got to keep, you know, yeah. and, and so you, you pay attention to people who know better and there, there are always going to be people who know better. You never know, right. you never know more than, there are people who've been doing this for so long and they have gifts that you don't have and they're not as close to the material and um mm. so you listen to them if you're wise <clears throat> that's wise yeah i was gonna say yeah. that's very wise uh so aria is set in in iran but primarily tehran mm-hmm. as i mentioned earlier and you are from iran yeah. tehran yeah and you lived there you were born there and lived there until you were seven yeah seven right? and some yeah yeah and so do you remember of course there was I mean, you know a ton more about it. So it was the unrest, there was the Iran-Iraq war, and then there was unrest politically within Iran Mm -hmm. while you were there for those seven years of your life. Do you remember any of that? Yeah, so there's sort of three unrest situations that took place um, from my birth on. Before, Mm -hmm. there were other things, but from the time I was born, there were three. One was the revolution which I was only about a year old when, when it happened. So I don't have memories of it. Although oh, I'm told that I don't know what 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 anybody, like you're a parent, you know what this is like, but I don't know what parents would be thinking, taking a one-year-old out into like demonstrations when there's like yeah. bullets flying and like, you know. But apparently I was taken out into these demonstrations as a one-year-old, you know, with like wow. guns ablaze. <laughs> Oh my so goodness. Okay. People, I don't think you know. We're eighties kids, you know. We, you know, yeah. <laughs> they did. They just sort of didn't care. They threw us out into. Yeah. Um. So, so I so I don't have a memory of that. Although I'm sure there's subconsciously stuff going on. Um. But the 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 two other unrest situations was the Iran Iraq War, which, for the first few years, kind of happened at the borders, uh, between okay. the two countries. So it happened in desert areas in in. Um, kind of, uh, yeah, 
lower area by the Persian Gulf going up to the, the borderlands, which is very far from Tehran and very far from the majority of the big cities. But okay. then after a few years, it started moving into Tehran because um, bombing raids and air raids began, like Saddam started bombing Tehran. And then, of course, Iranians bombed back, you know, it's like it's not like we were just saints being bombed, you know, it went both ways. It was horrible both ways. And I so I was there for that for the for the first few years of that before we immigrated. And it continued on for another three years after my family left Iran. Uh, although my my extended family was still there, it was just me and my parents who left. So I re- I very have major memories of those bombings, those air raids, and um oh and goodness. and then um there was the other unrest that of course had to do with the fact that um especially in the eighties, it's things have loosened a little bit now. I'm not I'm not saying it's perfect, but they've loosened. But in the eighties, this new regime which was very theocratic, highly religious, mm. authoritarian, autocratic. Um, and so it was always, it always had a stranglehold on the people, you know, so average people walking on the streets, you know, always had to be watching what they did, careful what they said. At any moment you could be arrested if you said the wrong thing. And especially for children, like my, I remember my parents always saying to me, just don't talk to anybody don't say anything political. If you hear anything, if we've said anything about any... This is like a six-year-old, five-year-old child, like, being told, like, careful who you're talking to, careful what you're saying. Um, Never, like, say anything against religion, never say anything against God, and never... Just because you're living in, in this sort of highly repressive, scary system. It's not as bad, obviously there are still problems and there are still violations of human rights and stuff but but um it it used in the 80s it was pretty pretty hardcore because the revolution had just happened so that new regime was like wanting to hold on to power no matter what so they were like you know right. uh, extreme in, in their reactions to things they're a bit more mellow it's a bit more mellow i mean it's not great but yeah. You know, you can, you do can, you ever, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you ever go back or have you been back yeah. since you left? No, unfortunately I, I haven't. There, there was a time when I think there was a window of opportunity for me to go back and I didn't take it. Um, mm. And then when I sort of was writing the novel and it started to sort of fall towards publication a lot of people said to me, listen, like, you may run a risk of some problems because there there are political mm. things in the book and there are sort of yeah. what kind of seem like criticisms where I, I don't know if whether I'm criticizing. I think I'm just sort of presenting reality and I'm letting the reader decide what they think yeah. about what's going on. But some mm-hmm. people said, you know, just you run the risk of something and and or nothing nothing might happen like I might go it would be great it might be fine to see people and um you know enjoy sort of the beauty of the country but but there's also a risk there's always that tiny bit so mm-hmm. I kind of want to I, I you know I, I have to be very careful about how I approach that right yeah. fair enough yeah, yeah. um 
you mentioned there, see the beauty of the country. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was the Guardian review that was written. Um, the writer said that Iran is kind of like a character, or Tehran is like a character, yeah. and I totally get that. It, I felt I've never been. I would yeah. love to go one day, yeah. but I felt um, like I could hear it and like smell it. You do. You did such an amazing job of uh, <laughs> kind of putting the reader there, or, or even even if they haven't been there, yeah. you know. I feel like I can kind of picture it. And then, of course, this is another great thing after reading or during, I was looking into, you know, Tehran and, and I wanted to see the the mountains. And it's just such a beautiful looking city. It reminds mm. me of Vancouver, actually. Yeah. Kind of the North Van, city, especially, you know? especially North Van, I think. Yeah. I don't know if you've... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tell us then, last question I have for you, tell us about uh, the new book that you're writing. Is can you tell us about it? Or <laughs> you, you sworn to secrecy by your, your publisher? No, the publishers don't, don't you know, swear anything. Uh, they don't make oh, you okay. swear anything. <laughs> I, I, what I, what I tend to do is I, I, um, I found even with the with with Aria, I never really talked about what it was about. Really. I just would tell people, yeah, I'm writing a novel. Um, mm-hmm. It's sometimes it, when you share a bit too much, that inner world that you've created and that sort of um, imaginary thing that's inside you, if it leaves you too soon, um, it might sort of dissipate, you might lose hold of it, or people's reactions might affect your, your own Ah. thinking about it. So you have to be very guarded about uh, what you say, I think. Mm -hmm. Protect, protect. Yeah, yeah. Idea not that, yeah. not that, that people have sense. ill okay. will. Yeah, it's just, it's just that. No. Yeah, you have to be very attuned to like your own creative um, sensitivities. I can say mm-hmm. that it does take place in Iran again. It has nothing to do with okay. Arya. Like, um, there's okay. no connection. It does take okay. place in Iran, um, and it, yeah, it. I think. I think where Arya was sort of ex- exploring sort of not fully but to a large extent sort of female experience the, the w- mm-hmm. women's experiences if we're going to gender this thing but I'm gendering it because mm-hmm. Iran is a very gendered culture in terms of right people's positioning funnily enough not the, the language isn't gendered there's no gender in the language but the behavior is very gendered right um this this one really looks at men and you know how men are supposed to be and um or the male the male so-called gender um okay so so yeah that's the yeah and and again it's and it's a much more painful experience than aria um because of the subject matter it's very very difficult to write about and uh i'm finding it very painful like i've had i've had like nightmares (laughs) for the last two wow. two years year year and a half yeah yeah oh my goodness but you know i don't i don't want to deter readers i think it's a beautiful story yeah. <laughs> but like the what the characters are going through is very tricky and uh okay. it, for as, as someone who's like in embodying and inhabiting those people it's mm-hmm. very uh, it's difficult to it's difficult to deal with it's much more draining yeah sounds like when actors are um you know playing a very difficult character or a character who is traumatized in yeah. pain they yeah. say the same thing yeah. you know they kind of 
they feel it too. So wow. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope you're able to <laughs> yeah. kind of decompress from it when you stop writing or like. Yeah, you, you do self care. I I know? watch a lot of like in between like sessions. Like when I have time, I watch a lot of silly things. So like good. Yeah, that's good. That sort helps. of yeah, mock mock the world or whatever. So right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Naz, listen, I am so excited to read this new book, even though I, I, I'm all about that kind of painful, dark stuff anyway, <laughs> okay. so that doesn't put me off. But um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to read it when, uh, when it's done. And um, thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, best of luck with your writing. Take care of yourself, though. Okay, Thanks so thank much, you so much uh, for joining us. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. <laughs> My pleasure. I had a great time. Thank you, Ali. <laughs> me too. Okay. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye.